This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now enjoy today's message with Ted Cunningham. We're glad you're tuning in as we kick off this series called Armor. And today we're going to introduce all six pieces of the armor that we're called to wear as believers in Christ as we enter into spiritual battle, spiritual warfare. And uh, we, we, we're going to go through, we're going to unpack this all the way through October. So today's the introduction to this series. And then the teaching team's uh, going to take a piece, uh, each piece of the armor and take a week for each uh, piece. But today we're jumping right in with be strong in the Lord. Now I grew up in the the 80s. Who grew up in the 80s? Uh, the greatest generation. Uh, well, in the 80s, we hadn't heard of this term political correctness yet. So we grew up in neighborhoods, and in our neighborhood, we played war. Did anybody play war? Let me just see the hands. It was okay back then. Democrats and Republicans came together to play war in the neighborhood, and we didn't draw lines between Democrat and Republican. We just, we, we had, I remember in our neighborhood, it was, we, we played baseball, basketball, and war. And we had one pacifist family that lived up the street, and every time we played war, the two kids had to go home. And I don't even know if they've made it. I'm just being real honest with you. I should probably follow up on them. And I was thinking about it this week that I remember playing war and we didn't have gear. So we just went and found anything we could with camouflage on it. And most of us just had headbands. But we had one guy in our neighborhood and I forgot his name. So let's call him Bobby. Uh, He started to get serious with this. Like, I mean, every time we would play, he would show up with more gear. And, he, and then we found out his parents were taking him to the army surplus store. And I'll never forget, I mean, we're in shorts and Chicago Cubs t-shirts and Evil Knievel t-shirts and Shasta t-shirts. And he showed up one day, I mean, not fake, not toys from, from KB Toys or Toys R Us. It was like the helmet from the army surplus, full deal, the belt. And, and I was just like, whoa, hey, I'm on his team. I'm on his team. We're going to win with him. Then the next week he showed up, I'll never forget, with a medics bag. And it was a medics bag, no lie, that they used in Vietnam. And when you got hurt, which we never got hurt playing war, but it was fake hurt, he would come over and he would wrap your arm in gauze bandages. And, and I, he kind of, he didn't become a joke in the neighborhood, but it was like, hey, he's really taking this seriously. We should keep our eye on him. And then he started showing up, and this is, I'm not making any of this up, with real weapons. Okay, now this is when we have to tell our parents, in case we don't come home by dark, you need to come out after us because Bobby's got real weapons. And I remember the day he showed up on his, his green belt going down and he had real grenades. I'm not, they weren't toys. They were hollowed out, but they were real army grenades. And I remember, I remember asking him, right, we're still pretending, right? This is still what's going on. And, and, and I, I thought back on that story today. I, I think, you know, what we're talking about today, some people will take lightly and, and take it as pretend. Uh, but what we're talking about today is not to be taken lightly, follower of Jesus. It's, it's something that we need to realize we are at war. We're at war. And everybody in here has a different battle going on right now. And my, 
My prayer for you and each and every one of you as we get into the text today, turning your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 10 through 20, is that at the end of whatever battle you're going through right now, you will still be standing. And, and when we go through these verses today, I want you to circle every time you see the word stand. Because at the end of the battle, at the end of the day, I just want to stand. In the 1130 service last week, a pastor friend of mine texted me saying, hey, the deacons asked for my resignation this week, and can you give me a call today? So I called him on the way home from church, and I said, man, what's, what's the very first thing you're feeling right now? I, I hate this for you and for your family. And he said, I'm not going to lie to you, Ted. My very first response was immediate relief. I felt this huge burden lifted from my shoulders, right? He's like a lot of us. We're, just, we're not experienced or trained to deal with the vaccines or the mask and all the debates that are hitting the church today. He goes, I just felt immediate relief. And here's what I told him. I said, I don't do word, a word for the year thing, but I've, I've ended up with a lot this year because a friend of mine yesterday posted, and I thought it was good. He said, you know, in 2020, with the pandemic, we felt like we were running a marathon. And then at the end of 2020, when the marathon was over, someone handed us a bicycle and swim trunks. <laughs> I, I don't think swim trunks, I think more like a Speedo, right? Because we went from a marathon to a triathlon. We got done with the triathlon in the spring of 2021, thought, man, we're coming out of this, and only to realize it wasn't a marathon, it wasn't a triathlon, we were in an Ironman. And we are running. And I said at the end of it, this is, this is all I told my friend, what I've been telling a lot of folks who are weary from the battle right now. It's a word that just comes to mind. There's three of them I want to give. Faithfulness. That you would be faithful. That you would not drift in your faith. You would not drift from your marriage, from your family. That at the end of the day, you are found faithful. But I also told my friend, this is an important one for me, soul care. You have to be taking care of yourself. Trying to lead your family and to get your family to be healthy, you have to be healthy. To lead a church or an organization, a school, if you want that to be healthy, you have to be healthy. But then as we're going to see today, this idea of readiness. We need to be ready for the battle. And I'm done with watching Christians caught off guard when the battle hits them. We shouldn't be surprised. And this week is going to be an emotional week for a lot of you. I know it is for me because I will be watching a lot of the 9-11 documentaries. 20 years ago this week. And here's what you can get Democrats and Republicans agreeing on. We were not ready that day. We weren't ready. Every politician said that. Every leader said that. We were caught off guard. We all, in that first stage of grief, were living in shock and denial. Because we couldn't believe that that would ever happen here. We weren't ready. And you know, the weeks that followed that, you heard President Bush say it. Not only were we not ready, we don't even really know where to find the enemy. Why? Because the enemy's different than any other war we've ever fought. This is now a war on terror. They don't live in just one country. They're spread out. They're strategic. They've planned. They have resources. And we've got to figure this out so we can be ready. And 20 years later, you and I, every time we walk into an airport, we see the readiness of our nation. We walk through TSA. 
I've been watching over the last two weeks like you have many of the Pentagon briefings. There are moments, and I tried to find a picture with a happy general. They don't exist. I'm sure the generals exist, but the pictures don't exist. Because they're constantly looking at the press corps with this look like, don't be stupid. I can't answer that question. Why can't you answer that question? Because some of the stuff we do in the military needs to be a secret. We can't announce to our enemy how we're coming, when we're coming, from what direction we're coming. And I, as I read Ephesians 6, I see Paul, who is imprisoned... He is in chains for the gospel, telling us, be ready. Be ready, because we're at war. We are at war, and every follower of Jesus, if you place faith in Christ Jesus, as we sang growing up in Sunday school, I'm in the Lord's army. I'm in the... Hey, all right, there's there's Bible school Bob back there. That was Ken. Kent is a good friend. Kent back there, I told him, he's the only church member I know that doesn't understand what a rhetorical question is. (laughs) Because he answers every question I ever ask from up here. But you are in the Lord's army. I want to make sure we all understand what that means. That means you are an enemy of Satan. And as an enemy of Satan, when you take your stand, as you're going to hear that word a lot today in the text, as you take your stand in the Lord... You will be on Satan's radar. Stop trying to avoid his radar and take your stand strong in the Lord. And this is where we launch. And I want you to see Paul today. He's a prisoner writing this. But I almost see him as a general telling us, boot up and suit up. And if you're new to our church, you're like, okay. (laughs) Welcome. This is a fun, light Labor Day little talk right here. We need to start. With Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, finally be strong, not by yourself, not in your mighty strength, because you ain't got any. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We start today understanding we do not fight our battles alone. You're not asked to go into battle alone. You're asked to go in suited up and booted up in the Lord's mighty power. And today, the armor that we look at, kind of like the fruit of the Spirit, you don't get to read love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, faith, and self-control, and then pick which one you like and you'll focus on. As the fruit of the Spirit, we, that's, that is the fruit of the Spirit. It's all-encompassing. When we look at the six pieces of armor, you don't get to pick the two or three that you want to wear. We're called to wear it all as we stand in battle. One pastor put it this way as we talk about our battles within the war, the invisible war that we are fighting, this war war between good and evil, light and dark, between God and Satan. Spiritual warfare is about God's people joining their Lord in his warfare as we have been singing about this morning. You're not doing this alone. Verse 11 goes on to say, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, the devil's strategies, his tricks. And if you are a follower of Jesus, your enemy has a plan to take you down. He hates you. He wants you destroyed. He wants your marriage destroyed. He wants your family destroyed. He wants to take you out And he's got schemes and strategies and plans to do that. So let's talk about that for just a moment. Let's start with Satan is real. He is not a a Halloween costume. 
He's not some guy in red pajamas, you know, with a pitchfork and horns. And we've got all these images. Even our sports teams like to make him cute so they can have him as a mascot. No, Satan is real. Let's, Let's walk through quickly. Going all the way back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 3. Remember, the serpent, more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God has made. God told Adam and Eve, you don't eat from that tree or you will die. And what did Satan say? You will not, he denied the word of God outright, which is, we're going to see this quite a bit today. He denied the word of God outright, number one. You will not surely die, he said. And not only that, When you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. Number three, and you will be like God. Understand he's been passing this strategy off forever, for years, and in your life and in my life. He wants you to believe God said it, but guess what? It's not really the truth. And you know what? Outside of this, outside of the scripture, you can find your own truth. Some things will happen to you in your life, and let's just go ahead and declare that as truth. And what is he ultimately doing? Setting you up to be the God of your life. And he's been doing this to God's people from the beginning. He hates God's people. He's been strategizing against them since the beginning. We read 1 Chronicles 21.1, Satan rose up against Israel. He's always hated God's people. He still hates God's people. Incited David to do what he was told not to do and to take a census of Israel. In Matthew 4.3, we read that he is the great tempter. He came to Jesus and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. But here's what we know. Satan is not more powerful than God. God is omnipresent everywhere at all times. Satan is not. Satan is not omnipotent. He is not all-powerful. He needs an army to put these evil schemes out there. His schemes, his strategies, his tricks, they come to us through his army of demons. And that's why in Matthew chapter 12, verse 24, we read, He is the prince of his army, the demons. And this is why we need to be clear, and we're going to jump into this more next week, and then when we get into the sixth piece of this armor in first timothy 4 1 we read the spirit clearly says that in latter times later times which make no mistake we are in some will abandon the faith and watch and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons and my prayer as your pastor because i've just seen it i just i see it all the time we have so many teachers so many leaders of ministries in this church working with people who have been duped by doctrines of demons. And this is why we get passionate about it. This is why the teaching team is fully supported and encouraged to speak the truth and speak it boldly. Because make no mistake, when someone is up here declaring the word of God, we are going against things taught by demons. This is warfare, what we're doing today. This is warfare. This is a battle. Like, well, just tell a joke then, and we'll lighten up. No, this is a, this is a, this is a bad. I have plenty. My personality can take me to the humor side, but let's be very clear. Second Corinthians four four says, "He has blinded the minds of unbelievers." And there are many in here right now. There are many outside. There are many watching online. You are not a follower of Jesus, and you have so many different uh, opinions of just even the last year and a half. Your worldview is a doctrine of demons. You've been taught falsely. 
you pick things up over the years. And, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, we're like, well, then w- w- what side would I be on? The scripture says in John eight forty four, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you are of your father, the devil. You're of your father, the devil, a murderer from the beginning, a liar and the father of all lies. If you've not placed faith in Jesus, you've not trusted Christ as your savior. You do not believe that Jesus died and rose again. You are of your father, the devil and a child of darkness. You're a pawn of Satan. But through faith in Christ, we should start singing it. You can be in the Lord's army. Faith in Christ, faith alone in Christ alone, you become a child of God. And as we get into this armor, I I kept picturing this week, putting on the armor of God as a child of God. Remember how we used to help our kids get dressed in the morning? I kind of view this armor like God helping me as his child get dressed. Like you're not going out in the house looking like that, Ted. We don't let you wear boots and shorts. Those don't go together. Long pants go with boots, shorts go with tennis shoes. Remember how we as parents have always had to help our kids work through this stuff? Today, this armor, put on the full armor of God, is your heavenly father. If you've placed faith in you, your heavenly father is saying, I've got to prepare you for what awaits you as you step out. And as you step onto the battlefield, remember what Satan is doing. I'm just, we're still on his evil schemes, his strategies, his tricks. He's leading the whole world astray. And I'm just, Christians, can we stop being duped? And by being duped, I mean, can we stop being surprised when we see the world being led astray? We have the answers. We know the truth. We don't push them arrogantly. We speak the truth in love. But we see the world going astray. And and you hear a preacher will say things like, I've read the end of the book and we win and we do. Let me tell you, Satan's days are numbered. Revelation 20 verse 10 says, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire, burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Let's be very clear. Satan hates you, your marriage, your family, this church, and will stop at nothing to take us out. But Jesus said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I'm here to tell you, I say this at weddings all the time. Jesus is your source. Satan is your enemy. Okay? Your spouse is not your source or your enemy. Know clearly who your source is today and who your enemy is. John 10.10 says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This week, I called and had a long conversation with my friend Alex Amaya. And he's just one of those brothers that is nothing but encouragement. We can vent with each other. Oh, I'd love for you to hear some of the conversations. You couldn't because you'd be asking for our resignations. Uh, Everybody needs a pastor you can talk to. Where you both would, I mean, but we get fired up. And and then Alex said this, and I said, whoa. I said, run with that for a little while. And I'm just going to put it, it's just a simple statement. He said, man, isn't Satan brilliant? We've seen his brilliance over the last year and a half. And he, and he said the duplicity of his warfare, he goes, it, it's amazing. And this is why we read in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be alert and of sober mind. Right? That's just, the alert's another word for readiness. Be ready. 
Be ready because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's coming after you. He's coming after your family. Verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against your spouse. Your spouse is not the enemy. Your boss is not the enemy. Your boss, no. But against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces. So everything in the spiritual realm is not good. It can be spiritual and evil. Forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And some of you right now see the chaos in the world. You see all the craziness going on. And you're like, who's to blame for this? And some of you are like, it's the Democrats. (laughs) They're to blame for all of this. It's the Republicans. They're to blame for all of this. It's the pacifists. They're to blame for all of this. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Know what's going on. Alex and I got all worked up on this. And then and we both we spent about 30 minutes talking about this right here. Satan uses people who don't know they're being used. And, and you know what? I made the declaration out of that phone call. Because after a week, and I'll tell you the story in a second... I just said, I, and I remember, I remember the prayer clearly out of that call. I refuse to be a pawn of Satan's. Refuse. And that's why we get into this armor. Um, two weeks ago, I spoke at folks on the family chapel. And I, I love my partnership with this ministry. I feel called to marriage and family. And, and I know that when you do stuff for focus, it goes out on a broadcast. And, and it has a wide reach. And I, I was so convicted. I was so mad. I, I was so frustrated over something I did. It, was, it wasn't something I said. It was something I didn't say. And I withheld making the statement that I make everywhere and all the time. You've heard me say it. I don't know how many times. But I, I withheld it because I didn't want to deal with it when it hits the broadcast. And they asked me to speak on the Imago Dei, the image of God and man, and how we honor all human beings as created in the image of God. means they're autographed by God. They have automatic intrinsic value. And I read from Genesis 1.27 and how Jesus quotes it in Matthew 19 and Paul in Ephesians 5 right before the text that we're in. And I, I always, when I get to the male and female, he created them. I always say this line. I am one dad who is raising my son to embrace his biological sex and marry the opposite sex. I am one dad who's raising his daughter to embrace her biological sex and marry the opposite sex. And I can confess to you, I withheld that statement because I didn't want to deal with it when it hit the broadcast. I just didn't want to deal. I didn't want to deal with the phone calls into the office calling me homophobic. I didn't want to deal with emails and tweets, this outdated homophobic, bigot, misogynist. I just didn't want to deal with it. We'd go to lunch and I'd go with two friends from Focus and they could see it on me and I was mad. Not at anybody but me. I'm sitting there, they're going, what's going on, Ted? I go, man, I am a chicken. <laughs> Absolute chicken. Now, here's the thing. If I never told you this, you wouldn't know and you wouldn't care. You wouldn't have heard it. You wouldn't have seen it missed in the deal. I, the whole way home on a frontier flight into Branson, Missouri... I'm repenting to my father in heaven. And I made the, (laughs) man, this is a big deal. Because this is part of Satan's schemes. This is how Satan is brilliant. Satan makes it unloving and unkind to attack him. And that's why some of you aren't opening your mouths anymore. Because you don't want to be called judgmental. 
because you don't want to be called a bigot. Because you don't want to be called a misogynist. And I'm, gonna, I'm here to tell you, by the time I got off that plane at the Branson Airport, I don't know what it is about the airport there, but I walked out, man, I walked out with a never again. Everywhere I go, Lord, and whatever it costs me, I'm saying it. And I ain't backing down a bit. Let's see what Twitter says real quick. Some of you are falling for the Twitter scheme, the Facebook scheme, the social media scheme. And you're withholding. Now, let me be very careful to my Republican friends in the room. You're like, unleashed! I am going unhinged and unleashed on social media today. You're missing the whole point of this. For my angry little soldier friends in the room, you need to bring it down a notch. Because I still want to speak the truth in love. But I want to speak the truth. And Satan has made it, it's, oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I, if I can't destroy their marriage, if I can't destroy Ted's marriage, if I can't destroy his family, I'll destroy his ministry. There are people out there right now going after marriage and family speakers. Like, I mean, getting their Twitter army, calling the churches where we're going, saying, don't have this guy in because of this or that and the other. And I just sat there. I said, and and I I had this moment where I'm praying, Lord, I'm trying to protect things. I'm trying to protect our church. And he's like, oh, it's all yours now. That's fantastic, Ted. I can take it away in a moment. I can remove you in a moment. You want to stop being my mouthpiece? Okay. And it was like, it was this moment. There's a lot of stuff I don't speak on, but the marriage and family is one thing I do speak on. And I know God's called me to speak on. But Satan, and, and we went back to the debrief after 8.30 and several people said, you need more practical examples like this of the devil's schemes. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to get them in the next six weeks. We're going to look at them. We have to move on. So verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God, Ted, you chicken, so that when the day of evil comes, you may... Now, I want you to circle the number of times you see this. It's not the word win, right? It's the, it's the word stand. At the end of the battle, I still want to be standing. I'm not going to go silent to protect myself. There's plenty of things. There's plenty... Of, uh, we're, I'm, you're like, this feels more like counseling than a sermon. <laughs> He's working some things out right now. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, just keep circling. Stand. Stand. Be faithful. Be ready. Stay engaged in the battle. Verse 14. There it is again. Stand firm then. And I wish... We're going to unpack these. So this is just an introduction into the armor. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, number one. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And they're coming at you. Don't go hide in your house. Just be ready for the battle. Take the helmet of salvation. Now those first five, they're all defensive parts of the armor. This is the only offensive part. The sword of the spirit. This is offense. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let's break these down Quickly, and this is, again, just an introduction. Next week, we'll jump into the belt of truth. 
Uh, one and six can be confusing for people. Pieces of the armor. Six speaks of the word of God, but not even just the Bible in general, but uh, a word spoken from scripture that's prompted by the Holy Spirit. But the belt of truth here, it's kind of like we, you know, when we read in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus, we did this parable uh, a few months ago, build your life upon the rock, not on the sand. So when the winds and the waves and all of that hits you, you're ready to go. You're building your life on the truth, the rock, Christ Jesus. This is speaking of our integrity, our honesty, our truthfulness with ourselves and with others. And if we have any CrossFit people in here, any weightlifters in here, you know they put on that belt, they cinch it up, and it's all about the core. All the other pieces are going to hang on this, but this, this is what needs to be the first piece. And you're like, well, why do we have the armor picture like this? Remember, Paul's imprisoned chained to a Roman centurion or a Roman soldier. And he's wanting to talk to Christians after speaking in the central passage of the New Testament on marriage and family. He's preparing the marriages and families for spiritual warfare. And he sees this soldier and goes, I could use this as the illustration, as the word picture to teach Christians how to stand in battle and how to be ready in battle. And the pieces come to us typically in how it would have been put on piece at a time. And it started with the belt. You can't have your life segmented. And I got my church life over there, my family life over there, my work life over there, my gambling addiction over there, my pornography addiction over there. Everything is just separate. No, this is speaking of it's all one and the same. We live one life and it's a life of integrity. Speaking the truth at all times to ourselves and to each other. The breastplate of righteousness, which would wrap around the entire body. This is what's keeping those arrows off. This is, hey, this is what I believe, right? The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. And now I'm going to live what I say I believe. My orthopraxy is going to match my orthodoxy. Sanctifying righteous living and deeds of a believer. And remember, the righteous living and deeds of a believer, this is not what brings us salvation, You are saved through faith alone and Christ alone. We'll see that in a moment with another piece. But this is actually living out, desiring to live. It's one way I stand because you've seen it. When someone loses the character battle, they lose credibility. When your character is attacked even, and your character can be attacked, you you feel more faint, right? We stand up with the belt of truth, with acts of righteousness. We're living out what we say we believe. The next piece, feet fitted with readiness. We are standing on defending and spreading the gospel. This brings peace. Jesus died and rose again for me. And this is what I will go into battle with. The shield of faith. And I know I'm going through these quickly, but we're going to unpack them. It's the believer's call and resolve in the Lord. Not in my strength. It's knowing that God will do what he says he will do. I can rest in his promises. The helmet of salvation. I like this. The believer's safety and stature. One commentary I read this week said when, when a soldier would put on his helmet, maybe you remember seeing this in Gladiator. Where they, there's something about it. It had all the armor on. But when the helmet went on, you're like, whoa. It did something with the stature. And he said when the Roman soldier put on their helmet, you were impressed. And he said this is the child of God putting on the helmet Not for you to be impressed with me and not for you to think about me with my stature. But what it reminds me of is that I am safe under the finished work of Christ as I go into battle. And then the sword of the spirit. It's the word of God, but it's not just the Bible in general. It's the word of God prompted by the Holy Spirit and spoken in a specific situation. And the only way that works is if you know your Bible. Know your Bible. 
Memorize, meditate on passages so that when you find yourself in the battle, the Holy Spirit will call to mind. That's why I, when I sat down at that lunch after Focus Chapel, I'm sitting there going, I know, I'm killed, I'm beating myself, I know better. I know better. And all of these passages just keep coming to my mind. Right? That's the Holy Spirit prompting the Word of God in your life at the moment that you need it. But this is important. You notice we saw the word stand. We didn't see the word win. Why? Because we fight our battles from victory, not for victory. And we need to start walking in that. And just to, to close, this, this, this is an awkward close for me. Just, so just give me a moment with it. But verses 18 through 20. We read that prayer is essential for the effectiveness of all of this armor. It's key. And I want you to see verses 18 through 20. And I don't ever ask for this. And it, it just is, it's outside of my comfort zone to ask for it. And I need to sit in it. You need to sit in it. We all need to sit in it. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, I just hope we see this readiness word everywhere. Be alert and Always keep praying for the Lord's people. Pray for your family. Pray for your marriage. Divorce is a battle. But your spouse is not the enemy. Your ex-spouse is not the enemy. Know what's going on. Pray for your children. You want to send your children out to get great education? That's great. But make sure they are suited and booted as they head onto the battlefield. And that they get this. This is the part that I ask for you. Because Paul said it. He says, pray also for me. That whatever I speak. I'm preparing this message while chickening out. That whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. For which I am ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly. As I should. And I want to encourage you. First of all, I want to say thank you for your support of the teaching team all these years. But I'm going to tell you something. I just, I hope I don't ever hear it again because I hope I hear what I'm about to ask you to do from here on out. Oh, I like so and so. I like this member of the team, or I like this guy, I like this. Every single person that stands up here and fearlessly proclaims the Word of God needs your prayer. 100% because this is battle. So I'm just going to encourage you instead of picking your favorites, pray for all. Because every time the Bible is opened up here, every time the word of God goes out, we should be doing it fearlessly. I just love how it ends there, as I should. I'm going to pray that for you as well, for you and your family. That you'll declare the truth to children who don't want to hear it. To family members who don't want to hear it. That you will do it in a posture where you are suited and booted and prepared. For you are not fighting for victory, but you are fighting from victory in the Lord's army. Would you pray with me? Father, it's in the name of Jesus that I, I am grateful for this church. I'm grateful for how you continue to use Woodland Hills in this community. Um, we are on Satan's radar, and we should never take that lightly. We should never be shocked by that. But we should, should boldly proclaim, continue to proclaim the gospel and the good news of Jesus. 
in this community and out over live stream and Facebook today and that we would respond with gentleness, kindness, compassion to those who are being taught things by demons, for those who are being duped, uh, being played by demons, for those who are pawns of demons, that today would be the day of salvation for many who have been living life for themselves, defined by themselves and for themselves, declaring their own truth, that today they would repent of their sins, place faith alone in Christ alone, believe that Jesus has died again, died for them, and rose again, that they would confess with their mouth Jesus is Lord, and that today would be the day of their salvation. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. And everyone agreed and said,